Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the Book of Romans with part one of this message entitled, Grace Abounding to Miserable Sinners. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 5. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you command our mind, our will, and our affection. You command our heart that it may turn to you and not deflected by other concerns. Help us, O Lord, to know truth that will set us free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Romans 5:15 through 17. I'm here to tell you what God has said. And the truth sets us free from all bondages. And I pray that at the end of this service you will, if you are outside of Christ, by faith you will belong to him and set free from all bondages. Abounding grace to miserable sinners, sir. You are speaking about infinite grace that came to the enemy of God. Infinite grace came to his hell. Infinite grace that lifted him up, transported him to the heavenly realms and seated him with Jesus Christ. Abounding grace, sir, to miserable sinners. Karl Barth, the famous theologian, he said this, though the sentence of death was not pronounced at any moment in time, yet like the sword of Damocles, it is suspended over our heads at every moment. So I'm here to correct this famous theologian. No, Karl Barth, the sentence of death was pronounced in time. Genesis 2:16 and 17, and the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. And not only that, sentence of death, in one sense, is hanging over each one of us, but... Man died the moment he sinned, spiritually. So I make two corrections on this statement of great professor Karl Barth. Man died the moment he ate. Man died spiritually and was separated from the life with God. Though physically we know that he died after 930 years. In Romans 5, 12 through 21, Paul relates to us the history of humanity under the headship of two men, Adam and Jesus Christ. And St. Paul calls them first man and second man. We compare, let's compare the person and work of Adam and Jesus Christ. Both were men 
though Jesus Christ was God man. Both were appointed by God. Both were heads of a humanity. Both were to keep a covenant before God. And what each did affected all those whom each represented. Because of the one sin of one man, Adam, all his descendants became sinners. And so condemned to death. Because of the obedience of Jesus Christ, all those who are Christ's, all those who belong to Christ, are forgiven of all sins, justified forever, receive the gift of righteousness and eternal life. Adam brought to the world sin, condemnation, and death. But let me tell you what this text is saying, that God is not defeated by Adam's sin and condemnation and death. God's action in Jesus Christ reversed these deadly effects of Adam's life and work and achieved for us infinitely greater blessings of grace. Friends, learn this. God is a warrior. God fights against all his enemies. And God wins. I said Adam became a mass murderer. Jesus Christ is eternal life. He makes alive all those who are his. That was the purpose of his coming from heaven into this world. So Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you... That is his people. You may have life. Abundant life. Perizon life. He said I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Adam was created innocent and righteous. But his was a defectible righteousness. It was possible for him to sin. Per se pecare. And plunge all his descendants into the abyss of sin and death. That is exactly what he did. Based on his own choice. But thanks be to God. For his son Jesus Christ the second man. The last Adam. As a result of his obedience. His covenant keeping. He came to our hell. And transported us, not to the defectible innocence of Adam. He brought us to heaven itself. He seated us with him in the heavenly realms, having forgiven all our sins. Having justified us of all sins. Having clothed us with his own divine, indefectible righteousness. That we may live the gift of eternal life. All this Jesus did. 
by his death and his resurrection. All this he did for all his people. Are you his people, friends? Are you united with Christ? Are you his descendant? Are you his offspring? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ? Make certain that you trust in Jesus Christ alone. We are God's people. We belong to Christ by saving faith. We have entrusted our souls to Christ now and forevermore. I know whom I have believed. And he is able to God to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day, sir. I don't depend on myself. I don't depend on this country or its structures. I depend on the Lord Jesus Christ. To see me through, to carry me through, and to transport me into heaven itself, where I am already seated with Christ. Let us then praise God for his marvelous, abounding, infinite grace. Grace flows to us. Praise from us goes to God. For from him and through him and unto him are all things. Romans 5.15 through 17 particularly emphasizes the contrast, brother. Contrast between Adam the sinner and Jesus Christ the righteous. Friends, no matter what the problems are, Jesus is mighty. Sold them all. Trust in him, sir. King Jesus, by King Grace, defeats King Sin and King Death and King Devil. He has done so on the cross. So we read Luke 11, 21 and 22. When a strong man speaking about the devil. Fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. When someone strong attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up the spoils. Prince, I declare to you, a stronger one has come. God Almighty, in the person of Jesus Christ, to defeat Death and devil and the world. And to deliver us from his powerful control. So I want to speak to you about two things. Our liability in Adam. And our riches in Christ. And if you have Greek text you can look at it. Because this English translation is not infallible. Full of troubles. Greek text has its own small problem. But we can solve it through textual criticism. What are our liabilities? First, sin. Look at verse 15. No, verse 12. 
And what does verse 12 say? Therefore just as sin. Hey hamartia. Sin. Speaking about one sin. Or one man Adam. Speaking about Genesis 3.6. The eating. Of the forbidden fruit. Deliberately. Or look at verse 15 and 18. It is called paraptoma, means a fall. Adam fell from the state of righteousness and innocence and brought us all down into the pit, sir. Paraptoma. Look at verse 19. Diates paracoes through the disobedience. Adam was disobedient, so we are disobedient, sir. When God commands, we say to him, Who are you? Who is the Lord that I should obey him, sir? When the father speaks, mother speaks. When the pastor speaks, we tell them, Who are you to tell me what to do? That tells that such people are in the pit with Adam disobedient but it is not just one sin of Adam it was one sin of Adam that brought us into this condition of condemnation and death Paul argues that very clearly in this passage but look at verse 16 of chapter 5 and there we read but the gift followed many trespasses And brought justification. Many trespasses. Romans 3.23. All have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Romans 4.25. He was delivered over to death. For our sins. And was raised for our justification. 1 Corinthians 15, we read, Christ died for our sins, plural. Friends, one sin of Adam produced multitude of sins in our life. Multitude of it, sir. We have no clue about it. That shows lack of spirit's activity in our heart. It is his function to convict us of our sins. Look at verse 21. Sin reigned. Sin is pictured here as king. We are under the dominion and control of sin. And so you do it and do it and do it again. And you must conclude by that I'm I'm under king's control. Sin is controlling me. And look at last part of verse 12. Because Pantus Hemarton. Because what sir? All sin. Every descendant of Adam. Every man except the Lord Jesus Christ. Sinned. Unconsciously, in the one sin of Adam, we dealt with it last time. In the one sin of Adam, 
we all unconsciously sinned because he was representing us bless we sinned ourselves multitude of sins so you want to know our liability there it is sin but not only that our liability of katakrima condemnation condemnation look at verse 16 again the gift of God is not like the result of one man's sin the judgment look at the word krima judgment judgment in other words judgment of God God judged us justly for one sin for one man all are judged justly this judgment was according to God's strict justice the day you eat thereof you will die God has judged us and that judgment is condemnation and look at verse 16 the judgment followed one sin and brought katakrima condemnation condemnation the same in verse 18 God judged us in the one sin of Adam and declared us as unrighteous condemnation if you are without Christ you are judged you are condemned by God sir not any court of this world God said it sir if you want to argue argue with him if you can but thanks be to God if you believed in Christ let me say therefore there is now no condemnation katakrima for those who are in Christ Jesus and Romans 8 verse 34 says who is he that condemns Christ Jesus who died more than that who was raised to life he is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us friends if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ you are condemned and there is nobody interceding for you the opposite of condemnation is justification dikaioma katakrima dikaioma but the gift followed many trespasses and brought what justification God declared us righteous in spite of the fact that we not only sinned in the one sin of Adam, but we sinned many sins. You piled up, it becomes like Everest. Our sins, in word, in deed, and thought. And look at verse 19. For just us through the disobedience of the one man, the many were constituted hamartoloi sinners. Our liability, sir, sin, condemnation, declared sinners by God, sir. And thirdly, 
Our liability is death. The wages of sin is death. It's a spiritual, physical, eternal separation from the life of God. And you read chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death spread to all men, because what, sir? All sinned. Look at verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned. Death is pictured here as king. Mighty, universal power force. No one is able to oppose King Death as he marches on from village to village, city to city, from mansion to little huts. Look at verse 17 for if by the trespass of one man, but death reigned through that one man is the mass murderer that death came through that one man when anybody dies you must see immediately it is coming through that one man who became a rebel and look at verse 21 sin reigned by death Sin is a reigning power. Death is a reigning ruling power. And sin reigns through death. And that your professor who hates Jesus Christ will die. So also your mother and your uncle and all those wicked people will die. They will come under the mighty power of sin and death which are judgment of God upon the rebels. 6.23 tells us the wages of sin is death. Look at verse 15. Many died. Many there means all. And look at verse 12. See, many died because all sinned. Make the connection. All sinned. Friends, only sinners die. If you see someone dying, you immediately tell, he's a sinner. He died. Don't try to eulogize. You can eulogize if he's a Christian. Otherwise, you tell them, he was a sinner. Why did he die? He was a sinner. He was under the dominion of sin and death. It is appointed for man once to die, and then comes the judgment, sir. Even that death is not the end of the story. Psalm 49 verse 10 says, For all can see that wise men die, the foolish and the senseless alike perish and leave their wealth to others, sir. Or Psalm 90, Psalm of Moses, he says, The length of our days is 70 years. Or 80, if we have good genetic inheritance. If we have the strength, yet their span is but what? Trouble, sorrow, for they quickly pass away. 
pass and we fly away. That's the reality. Show me a professor. Show me a rich man. Show me a wise man. One who dwells in mansion. Let him tell me that he can beat death and defeat death. I notice all this through one man, Adam. For verse 17, for if by the trespass of the one man death reigned. It is all through the one man, sir. Well, let's forget about this liability. Let's move on to the riches in Christ. But it is only true for those who have trusted in Jesus Christ by saving faith. So you look at chapter 5 verse 14 after the story of the misery of sin and death. He introduces Saint Paul the one who will deal with it. And so he says Adam was a type pattern of the one to come. The promised one. The Messiah. God's own son. The second Adam was promised the seed of the woman that will crush the head of the serpent. Verse 14 introduces us to the coming one who will undo and defeat the works of Adam. He's the promised one. He's the Messiah. Thank God for a mighty warrior who fights for us and delivers us the stronger man, the Almighty One. And we read in Colossians 2.15, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. He came to destroy the work of the devil. And so the writer to the Hebrews tells us, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death. That is the devil and what, sir? Come on, free us, deliver us. Those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Riches, first, Jesus Christ. Secondly, the grace of God. Verse 15. And verse 17. And verse 21. The grace of God. In fact the word grace and gift appears ten times. In these verses from 15 through 21. Grace, 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 grace. Let's say grace, grace, grace. Abounding grace, infinite grace, logic busting grace. Why is it logic busting? Because many trespasses call for many condemnations, but He gives us grace. You want logic, sir? You want justice? No, sir, I don't want any logic. I want the heavenly logic. Grace to the undeserving, grace to to those who merited death and hell, 
Grace to the ungodly, helpless, grace to sinners, grace to enemies of God, grace to objects of divine wrath, grace to those who have committed multitude of sins. Where sin abounded, grace did much more, super abounded. Grace is eternal life. And heaven to us who merited eternal death and hell. And in heaven we are for the praise of his glorious grace. And St. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2 verse 7. In order that in coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Incomparable. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And Paul says in Ephesians 3.8. Although I am less than the least of all God's people. His grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles. The unsearchable riches of Christ. Inexhaustible. Where sin abounded grace superabounded. This banks busting overflowing Jordan of grace swept away all my sins, condemnation and death and gave me superabounding life. 15 and 16. It also uses another word, charisma. Charisma means gift bestowed by grace. Grace is the source of all charismata. Another word is used, dorea. Used several times. That means free gift. It emphasizes the freeness of it. And it tells it comes from God the Father. That word is used only with respect to God's gifts to us. So Dorea has to do with all blessings of gifts and gifts God gives to men. And so it is used in James 1.17, every good and perfect Dorea. Gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Thank God for the free gift. That's what grace is, free gift, sir. So Isaiah tells us, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who are, have no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money, and without cost. This high cost of grace, it costed the Father, His Son, but it is offered to us free of cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? It makes good sense even today. I want to ask you, why do you waste your money? Why do you waste your life in pursuit of that which will not satisfy you? Have you ever thought about it in your mind running after these things? But here... That which we really need is offered free of charge. Theologian Cranfield, he says this, and listen to this. 
that one single misdeed should be answered by judgment, this is perfectly understandable. That the accumulated sins and guilt of all the ages should be answered by God's free gift, this is the miracle of miracles utterly beyond human comprehension. Well, Mr. Cranfield, I want to add something to what you said. Only all the sins of all God's elect of all the ages, because we believe in particular redemption. Hallelujah. Adam's one sin plus all our mountains of sins are answered by abounding grace. The saving work of Jesus is much more. See that phrase in verse 15 and 17, much more. It's always much more. It is exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. It's much more, sir. It's much more. He feeds the 5,000 and 4,000 or whatever, but there is always much more. Exceeds his grace is more than sufficient. It not only reverses the effect of Adam's sin, it does much more. The grace of Christ is greater than all our sins. His grace reaches down to our hell. It makes us children of God. It makes us holy and blameless. It takes us to heaven to be seated with Christ on the right hand of God. It makes us kings and queens. The grace of God in Christ makes us the bride of Christ. It makes us heirs of God and joined heirs with Christ. Friends, this is a bounding grace, sir. That this grace and this deliverance, this justification, this forgiveness of sins, this new dignity, this riches in Jesus Christ is only for those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Only for those who receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Either you are in Adam or you are in Christ. Either you are united to Adam whose death flows into you or united to Christ whose life flows into us. And all he is and all he has come to us. I want to declare to you as a young boy, I trusted in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. He's my life, sir. In him I have abounding life, abounding love, and abounding joy, abounding peace, abounding strength, abounding victory, sir. And so I plead with you, if you are outside Christ, it is the will of God that you repent and believe on Jesus Christ and entrust yourselves totally to him and he will keep you from falling he will take you to heaven he will guide you in the way of righteousness and he will bless you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms in Jesus Christ heavenly father we pray that you bless your people help us to be in Christ 
and those who are in Christ help us to rejoice in this abounding grace shown to miserable sinners in Jesus name amen you have been listening to grace and glory audio a part one of this message entitled grace abounding to miserable sinners come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew